I really want to thank every single person who was a part of last weekend with having Pastor Alan and Pastor Pat here and the workshops that we had on Monday and Tuesday evening and the leadership summit that we had. And I just really believe that God enlarged us as people, that there was a bigness, that there was a size, that there was growth that God was doing on the inside of our lives. You know, who knows that sometimes in this world you can meet people and they can be quite small on the inside and insecure, but God is wanting to create people who are bold, who know who they are and have a bigness and have a life and have an enthusiasm and have a freedom about them. And I just believe every time we open up our lives to God, God enlarges that freedom. He enlarges the goodness. He enlarges who He is and He blasts out, come on, anxiety, fear, depression, and brings a confidence of, of who we can be with God. So I just really want to encourage everyone who was a part of that. I know for some of our team, they sang for us on Sunday night. They came to two nights of workshops. They came to the leadership summit. And then on Thursday night, they rehearsed again here for you and set up new AV equipment. Can we give a thank, big thanks to our worship team and everyone who was a part of that? And, um, and uh, that's not every week for our crew, but it was just a growth week, uh, a bit of a stretch. And so I'm really, really appreciative for all those people. Happy birthday, Danielle, uh, for Friday. And uh, it's so, so good to be here. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, we're going to look through a couple of scriptures prior to getting straight into this one. We're going to kind of close on the scripture, but I just want you to have it in your phone, in your Bible, kind of ready, because we're going to jump straight into it when we do. And I love the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, telling the story of Jesus. And I mentioned this morning, I love how in all four Gospels, you get to see the personality of all different four writers coming through. Matthew, he's mega detailed. He tells the whole, the whole family history. Uh, Luke, he's into health. Uh, so he, he, you know, he's quite detailed in his way. John is just Mr. Artist. Uh, he doesn't start his book, you know, with the birth. He starts, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became, you know, it's like a poem right from the start. Uh, but my favorite gospel is Mark, because I feel like it's the tradesman's gospel. Mark, he's like straight to the point, just tell it how it is. I love Mark, he even skips baby Jesus and just gets the full-blown grown-up adult Jesus. And uh, so if you want someone who's a little bit direct, Mark's, Mark's a guy who can help you out in that way. But maybe tonight I want to start with asking you a question. And that question is this. Have you ever met someone and you thought you had them worked out what sort of person they were, and then they just totally surprised you? Like, they, they just, you're like, wow, you, you're really different to what I thought you were like. Maybe someone, and you thought that they were really serious, and then you discovered that they had a great sense of humor, Jess O'Connor. And, uh, <laughs> or, or maybe you met someone, and you thought that maybe they were just really shallow, but then all of a sudden you had a conversation with them, and you discovered that there was quite a deep side to who they were, right? Who's ever met someone like that? You're like, wow, you're a lot deeper than I thought, thought you actually were. And it's amazing how sometimes when we take time to get to know someone, we can discover who they truly are. And I think it's the same with God. Sometimes we can have so many thoughts of what He's like and, and everything like that. But then all of a sudden, as you begin to open the pages of the Bible and open your life, you begin to discover who God truly is. And when you know who God is, because He's so big, He's so massive, He's so amazing, who knows, it changes the way that you live. It changes the way that you pray. It, it changes the way that you treat people. You know, one of the biggest things that 
has radically impacted my life that's so simple is just the fact that God loves me. God loves me. Everywhere that I go, on my best day and on my worst day, the Bible tells me that God loves me no matter what. And I can always open my heart, I can always open my life up to receive God's love. You know, I love that the Bible tells me and I've experienced that God's faithful, right? And at times you can go through situations and you can be wondering, where, where are you, God, in the middle of all this? I need you right now. And then all of a sudden, as you begin to put your trust in Him and be the person that He's called you to be, God just comes through big time. You know, and, and it's almost like what it does is it builds foundations that you know who God is and therefore you can rely on Him and you can live life according to the person that He's called you to be. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've discovered about God and one of the things that the Bible teaches us about God, which I just love and it's what I want to speak to us about this evening, is that God is joyful. God is a joyful person. And tonight, maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but right now what we're going to do is we're going to relook at this foundation. And I don't just believe we're talking about this tonight because it's another topic to talk about. I believe that God is wanting to remind us of what a joyful person He actually is. And if you're here for the first time, I've got good news for you, that God is not an old, nasty man with a big stick, but if you will read the Bible and if you will open up your life, you'll discover that God is a God full of joy. Sometimes you can get a bit cross because things aren't cool, what's happening. But overall, his disposition is that he is a God of joy. You know, I remember uh, one time, uh, my dad went away on a trip. And my dad's pretty fun, pretty happy person. He makes great chips. Anyone here is a dad and you've got one good meal that you make and it's just incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my dad, he, he makes great chips. And so he went away on a trip and Julia and I were in charge of the house. And uh, to be frankly, we didn't clean the house very well. <laughs> and uh, dad came back and he was like, what is happening with the house? You know, and sometimes God can get upset by the what's happening in the world and, and some of the see things that he sees that break, you know, upsets his heart. But overall, right underneath all of that, God is an incredibly joyful person. I would say that sometimes my dad can get annoyed, but I'd say underneath all of that, he's a joyful person, right? And the same with God. Sometimes there's things that move his heart, but right at the core of who he is, he is joy. He is joy. And so tonight we're going to look at some scriptures. I'm going to put a few up on the screen. We're going to look at some clips and then we're going to jump right into Mark chapter 2. Catcher, thank you so much. I love this. In Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. How cool is this? This is a great scripture. The Lord your God in your midst. Who knows God doesn't want to be far away. God likes to be close. Who knows God doesn't have a problem with personal space. <laughs> he likes to be close. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Doesn't that paint a cool picture? God is rejoicing over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Man, wouldn't it be cool to hear God's voice in a song? You know, Adele could sing you a song. Justin Bieber could sing you a song. Man, I could sing you a really bad song. But how cool would it be to hear Jesus come or God come and sing you a song? And I love this picture that it talks about when it comes to God, that He is rejoicing over us. If you read into this, uh, one of the things it talks about is almost this idea that God is dancing over us. He's singing over us. I love that picture that it begins to paint in your mind that even maybe tonight when we were singing and we were dancing and we were here, God wasn't up in heaven with scorecards going, Leilani's singing, 
four out of ten tonight. She obviously didn't warm up in the car. <laughs> he, he wasn't listening to Dave uh, Crowther going, oh dear Dave, we need to get you some singing lessons, mate. That was rough. <laughs> God wasn't watching Luke Ballesteri's dance moves and going, man, Luke, Luke, what are you doing there? You know, every Aussie guy's dance moves. You ready for this? You know it, fellas. And, uh, but how cool to think that right now as we're dancing and as we're singing, that there's a God who's rejoicing over us. As we are singing to Him, He's actually singing to us. I love this p- picture because it paints a God who, who, who doesn't want to, we just give, but He wants to engage with us in a powerful way. We, we can know Him. We can be in relationship with Him. Let's look at another scripture. It says this, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 just persons who need no repentance. You know, what does this tell me? Because people are turning to Jesus all the time, all over the world, that heaven is a place that is full of joy. Heaven is a place full of joy. Who's looking forward to going to heaven? And I think there's a lot of people in Cairns who who are not looking forward to going to heaven because they just think it's going to be like beige and it's going to be this eternally boring church service. It's like, oh dear, please don't send me there forever. (laughs) No. But the Bible says that even the angels, come on, are rejoicing when people turn to God. And I want to encourage you, maybe you're here tonight and maybe you've never made the decision to turn to God, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That as you make that decision tonight, we're going to give an opportunity at the end of the service that there could be another eruption of rejoicing and a party in heaven over you connecting with a God who passionately loves you and has called you for a great purpose here on earth. Let's look at another scripture. That's good. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Isn't that a cool, I love that little three-letter word there before joy. Now may the God of hope fill you with a little bit of joy. With some joy. With 10% of joy. I love that. The God says that He wants to come and fill us with, great job team. Fill us with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is a God who wants to fill our lives as He is joy. He wants to fill our lives with joy. Have you ever discovered that whatever you're passionate about, it just flows out of you? It, it, it just flows. If you're passionate about cooking, who knows, you just, someone gets you going on cooking, you cannot be quiet. If you're passionate about fashion, you're passionate about eating food, come on somebody. <laughs> it just flows out of you. But the same thing with God, who is joy. He's so joyful that what happens is when you begin to connect with God, His joy flows out of Him and into your life. And even at times of great challenge and and great um, pressure in your life, you just connected to this higher power who fills your life with joy. Let's look at another one quickly. This is in Psalm, young guy writing a great song, and he says this, You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove the sackcloth and clothe me with your joy. Let my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Ha, <laughs> I love that. You've turned my wailing. You know, isn't that a big picture for a moment? This guy's not just saying I'm having a bad day. That he's, he's at a point in his life where he's wailing. I don't know about you, but I've discovered with girls, they can cute cry and they can ugly cry. <laughs> 
And here's this guy, and he's saying, you know what, I'm not cute crying. I'm wailing as a result of the things that are happening in my life. But this guy turns to God, and he says what he does is he turns his wailing into dancing. Who knows when you're going through a hard time, sometimes the last thing you feel like doing is dancing. But if you can let God's joy get around your heart and around your life, I believe, and one translation, it says he turns your mourning, not like good morning, like I'm mourning into dancing. He's removed my sackcloth and he's clothed me with joy. He's clothed you. He's given you a brand new outfit called the outfit of joy. And I just want to encourage some people, maybe you tonight, you need to put on that brand new outfit. You need to let God's joy get around your life. You know, one of the things that I've discovered uh, is that if you look closely enough, you can see God's joy in almost every scripture in the Bible, but you can also see it in creation. And uh, I think one of the places that you can see God's joy and his fun and his upbeat side is definitely in nature. And, uh, you know, I was looking just this afternoon at some interesting fish. Can I show you some fish? Show us, cat. <laughs> Let me show you another one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you were creating fish, come on, blokes. If you were creating fish, they would just be all the same color. They would swim in the ocean. But here's God. He's like, I'm going to give fish teeth (laughs) that have a smile like that. You see, it started with me Googling funny animal pictures, but then I discovered YouTube. Can I show you some funny animals today? Let's have a look. Tom guy, right there, right there. Oh. Hey guys, how was the trash dinner? Was it good? 
Are you stuck? Yeah. So, so just pause there for a second. We created, a, we know a God who created goats that can climb trees. <laughs> can anyone b- begin to imagine that God is a joyful person? <laughs> that he has a great sense of humor. So anyway, this is where we started looking at animal compilations. But I just thought I couldn't go past showing laughing goats. Uh, so let's take a look at some laughing goats for a second. <laughs> What can I do for you? Zapatero, ¿qué opina usted del gobierno de Zapatero? Pues igual que yo. ¿Y qué opina usted? ¿Qué opina usted? ¿Qué opina usted del gobierno canario? ¿Y de los de los de los ayuntamientos de la isla? So anyway, so I started looking at goat, goats, and then, you know, who knows that more videos just keep coming up? One more, you got to check this line out. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
keeps going. Come on, you can give the clips a round of applause, but <laughs> but all throughout creation, God's wanting to show His joy. I believe that God made all the animals for our enjoyment, for us to be able to enjoy. And I love the fact that God made uh, fish with teeth goats that could climb trees and laugh very, very hilariously. I even found on, on the internet that there's actually a crab that looks like it's wearing lipstick. <laughs> so, so it just shows you that God, I think he, he knows how to be serious about what needs to be serious, but he also knows how to just have a good laugh. He knows how to have a good laugh. And I love when you begin to read Jesus, and we're going to come to our passage in Mark chapter 2, because I love as you begin to read the story of Jesus. You know, there's obviously passion. There's obviously focus. There's obviously at times where there's a great amount of pressure and at times stress. But if you also will just read the Bible, you discover that there's a whole bunch of joy that's actually taking place. There's a whole bunch of life. And in Mark chapter 2, just before this, there's a guy and uh, he has this condition called leprosy. We don't have it here in Australia so much anymore. But it's a condition where you lose feeling in your uh, body parts. And so obviously you just begin to knock up against walls and things fall off. And it's, it's just really nasty and it affects your life, your career, your, where you're going in life. And this guy meets with Jesus and Jesus connects with him and he's completely healed of his leprosy. If you just think about that for a moment, who knows that that guy wouldn't be crying in the corner, maybe crying from overwhelm. But who knows that there would be a lot of joy. And, and this is the life of the disciples, seeing people's lives get completely transformed. And here Jesus is, and he enters this place called Capernaum. And uh, Capernaum's a fishing, fishing city. That's its main agricultural purpose at this time. And uh, if you look into the name Capernaum, it's a city where there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of boats, fishing rods, fishing reels. There's a whole bunch of stuff everywhere. If you can imagine a bunch of messy fishermen that have started the city, this is what it's known for. And he entered Capernaum after some days. It was heard that he was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic man who, ca who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let him down, let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes who were sitting there and reasoned in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived 
in his spirit, that they reasoned thus among themselves. He said to them, why do you reason among these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But the, you may know the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, are you catching this? Immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out into the presence of them all. So they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. We've never saw anything like this. And tonight, I just want to encourage us again about God's joy and God's goodness. Because I love this particular passage that here Jesus is and he's come into this town. And, and I mean, it's, it's full of people. You know, people have come from everywhere to hear Jesus pl- preach. I can imagine they've not only come from Capernaum, but they've traveled from all different towns and regions. And maybe the town that Jesus had come from prior to that, uh, maybe that they followed him into Capernaum. And so many people want to hear what Jesus has to say. So many people want to meet with Jesus that there's not enough to room to fit the people in the building. Now, some people believe that this was one of the disciples' house, perhaps Peter's house that they were actually in. And I just want you to picture this passage for a second. Imagine that Jesus has come, even today in modern day, imagine Jesus has come to town and he's come to your house, Dave and Kira. And, and Jesus has come and he said, I'm coming and I want to speak to a whole bunch of people. Can we do it at your place? And you're thinking, oh, maybe five, ten, ten people might show up, maybe, maybe, maybe a few more. And the place is packed. I mean, there's people standing on the kitchen counter. I mean, there's people like sitting on the, on the top of the couch and people on the bottom of the couch. There's people on the floor. There's people peering in the window. The Bible even talks about there's people outside the doors. Dave and Kira have a really nice deck area. So there's people all outside the doors. Dave and Kira have a gate. There's, maybe there's people peering in the gate. There's people absolutely everywhere. And Jesus begins to speak. And I love this picture because these four blokes... Uh, you know, you know the story, church. They, they hear that Jesus is coming to town and they have this friend who can't walk and they say, we've got to bring this guy to Jesus. We've got to bring him to Jesus. And so, you know, the story goes that they get to the town, they see the place full. And, and so they say, there's no way in. And it would have been an easy moment for them to turn around to say, well, maybe another day, maybe another time. But I love the persistence of these four men, which we spoke about this morning, that they decide to climb onto the roof with a guy on a stretcher. Think about that. And decide to start breaking through the roof. Now, Dave and Kira, I just want you to imagine for a second that this is your place. And Jesus is preaching and everyone's like, wow, this is so cool. This is so amazing. Then all of a sudden, you begin to hear there's some knocks on the roof. I can imagine if you was going through your roof, it would be like, bang, bang. I can imagine, bang, bang. You know, all of a sudden, plaster begins to, to wilt through. In this particular time, they probably had thatch roofs, but they were relatively good because obviously the rain didn't come through. So all of a sudden, branches, sticks are starting to fall. I can imagine, you know, it kind of put a bit of a damper on what Jesus is saying. You know, when everyone's listening, but no one's listening. And, and Jesus is talking and everyone's just like, and I love this picture because it's not just like they kind of just lowered a guy down on a rope. They had to lower a guy down who couldn't walk. So, so maybe he had to be on a stretcher so it was flat. So you can imagine the hole was big. So I can imagine Peter's going, yep, that's my roof. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And John Mr. Artie's going, look at the stars. <laughs> and it's all happening. And I love this moment because I kind of catch the heart of Jesus that he turns and he's not like, oh, how inconvenient. You've interrupted my message. The Bible talks about how he sees these people. And it says, and Jesus saw their faith. That Jesus was like, whoa, this is so cool. This is so electric that these people, I mean, they could have gone home. They could have just turned around. They could have tried to come a day. But these people so wanted to see me that they decided to burst through the roof. And Jesus stops right in the middle of his message, right in the middle of what he's doing. And he's like, this is so cool. And I love this because it says this, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. And I love Jesus here in this moment, who's God on earth, to say your sins are forgiven you. You know, we don't know this guy's story. We don't know his story. You know, maybe he, his mates had brought him to Jesus. But maybe he did something really dumb, and that was the reason why he couldn't walk anymore. Maybe his dad said to him, hey, when you go out with your mates tonight, don't try and show off. Don't try and be the hero. And he thought, oh, dad, I know better than you. And did something a bit wild and injured himself significantly. Maybe he um, went into an area of town where maybe he knew that he shouldn't have gone and he got into a fight and things just got way out of hand and all of these sort of things. You, you don't know the story of this guy that, that's shown up on the doorstep and his friends have brought him and here he is. You know, if you look into that particular society and culture, one of the things that they often believed is that um, if you had done sinned, if you'd done bad things, that sometimes you would end up with a sickness or maybe your parents had done something bad. And, and so all of a sudden, now you're sick as a result of it. This is what some of the things that they believed at this time. But here comes this guy and Jesus just comes so clearly to him and says, hey, hey, your sins are forgiven you. You know, one of the things, and I mentioned it this morning, but I think it's just so powerful that I love about Jesus is that sometimes people don't think that God wants to do a miracle in their life. God wants to do something amazing in their life because they just feel so guilty about all their mistakes. They just feel so ashamed. You know, this morning I talked about how, you know, maybe someone who's uh, smoked passionately their whole life, and, and in their later years they find out that they have lung cancer. You know, they might say, you know, it's my fault that I've got lung cancer. And so maybe someone like you who believes in the power of God and the goodness of God comes along and says, hey, I'd love to pray for you. And they say, well, why would God want to heal me? Like, I did it. I mean, this was my fault. But the thing you've got to understand about God is that He is so good and He is so gracious that even when you're in a mess of your own making, He still wants to forgive you and heal you. He still wants to forgive you and heal you. And maybe this, these other young guys, maybe they'd had, had a rough past, maybe they'd have a great past, but they'd experienced the reality that Jesus can totally transform people's lives. And I want to encourage you tonight, no matter what your background story, I believe that Jesus can do a great work in your life. I believe that there's no one, there's no one in Cairns, come on, that's too far from the reach and the forgiveness and the love of God. There's no one that's too far away from God's incredible, amazing joy. There's no one that's too far away from the reach of God's, come on, amazing grace. 
And he is really, really that good. And here are these friends, and they've experienced Jesus. They've experienced his goodness. And they're saying to their mate, you've just got to come. You've just got to come and see Jesus. We'll make it happen. We'll make a way. Is there any Christians like that today who just know the goodness of God, that they are so desperate to see their friends come to know the love of Jesus? Come on, this isn't a sales pitch. This is God's done something so good in my life, and I want everyone to know about it. And here these friends are, and, and they want their friend to meet Jesus. And maybe there's all this guilt, there's all this shame, there's all this heaviness that's going on. And Jesus sees these guys, he's like, man, this is so cool. The roof's falling in, Peter's going to be ticked, but I love it. <laughs> and, the, and the stretcher comes down, and the guys are like lowering him down. I can imagine once they get him down, I wonder if they jumped, the rest of the blokes. Or I wonder if they just like <laughs> leaned over like this. And you've got all these guys like leaning over the edge. And, and Jesus just eyeballs this guy and he goes, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And then there's a bit of a religious conversation that goes off with some people who have the wrong attitude. But then you know what? Straight after that, he says, rise up and walk. And this guy walks for the first time. And I want to encourage us today that God in His goodness and His joy is still working miracles in our lives. Come on, He's still the miracle worker. He can still do powerful things beyond what we can understand. Come on, if God can make goats that can climb trees. <laughs> Come on, if God can make fish that can smile. If God can make the woodpecker who has the capacity to roll its tongue behind its head so when it pecks the tree, its brain doesn't get destroyed. Come on, God can do a miracle in your life. God can do something powerful in your family. And tonight as you've come to church, I just want, as we're building again our foundation, I want you to lift your faith, come on, this week, church, to believe in the bigness and in the power and in the awesomeness of our God, who is full of joy.